both of my parents were very spiritual. Yeah. So it was hard for me to even try to deviate to another path because it was all I was around me, really. And like as I got older, I just realized that you know it is a lot of things bigger than me. Yeah. Like I'm not big on religion, like organized religion and stuff. I'm not Either. big yeah. on that. Yeah. But I I'm big on God. I know God is real. It's like we're having to reinvent the whole ball game now, aren't we? Yeah. Because you're shown, like you said, you're shown so much throughout life, um, and the views are okay, but you have to get to a point where those views and your views are two different things, yeah. and you need to see it. what exactly is your views mm-hmm. and how you're going to live, especially like our age bracket. Like we're old enough to think for ourselves, yep. so it's not like we're spoon fed by media or educational facilities on how we should live on what we should be doing we live in an age of information with the internet we can really do our own research you know base our own lives on our own decisions based on what we find we're our own teachers like it's good to have mentors and you know good to have um guidance and you know professors and teachers and stuff but ultimately nobody will teach you more than you teach yourself Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actually Podcast. I'm here today with my friend Elijah, a.k.a. Heartbreak Jim is his pen name. Check him out on Instagram. He's on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for joining me today, Elijah. How are we doing? Thank you for having me. I'm grateful. This is uh, my first interview in this magnitude, so I'm extremely grateful to have been on your podcast to do this. Very cool, man. Yeah, I hope a lot of people tune in and they get turned on to the work that you're doing out there. I want to point everybody out. Above Elijah's right shoulder here is the saying, what are you showing people when they look in your windows? What do you mean by that? Um, well, it has a lot of meanings, actually. It depends how you want to look at it, because, you know, life is all about perception. You can take it in a literal sense of, you know, your windows, whether your balcony windows, your patio windows, your car windows, your bedroom windows. What are you showing people when they look in those windows? But personally, when I wrote it, and from my perspective, you know, they always say the when the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote that in mind, um, it was into the interpretation of what are you showing people when they look in your eyes? Because you can look at anybody's eyes and um, tell it tells a story. Um, so what are you showing people when they look in your eyes? That's actually an excerpt from a, uh, another poem that I wrote. Cause like now I do them as quotes like this, but I actually have like entire poems, like a lot of poems. That you're like drawing these quotes to, out of. I yeah. draw them on like paper like this now. Um, when I first started, I used to upload them on Instagram as the entire poems, but I realized it wasn't really working. So I had to switch it around a little. Yeah, But if you uh, want to see some of my entire work, I do post it on Twitter as well. Right so, on. And that's yeah, at heartbreak, heartbreak underscore Jim. Yep. Underscore Jim on there. And Jim, that stands for Journeys in Mind? Exactly. Um, I'll tell you how I came up with the name. I Very didn't. Cool. <laughs> I was on my couch and uh, I was writing one of my... This was the first poem I wrote, wrote under this pen name. Because um, I didn't just start last year. I'll give a little background. 
um, when I was younger, I used to write a little and I would make music too, but I was never really like fully invested into it mm-hmm. because um, I'm aware of my own transgressions and being a musician slash rapper is not really my forte, but I can write like there's no tomorrow. Nice. So when I accepted that, I, you know, taken the poetry road. And as I was writing my first poem, which is called The Package, um, the name just popped in my head. Hmm. It was like Heartbreak Gym. And wow. I was like, okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't come with the journeys in mind part right away. But, like, a couple weeks after, as I started saying it, I was like, I can actually make an acronym of this. So, yeah, that's Heartbreak Journeys in Mind. I dig it, man. Journeys in Mind is really cool. I like where that takes me. And it's it's also cool how you mentioned, like, what are you showing people when they look in your windows? And that can mean, like, when they look in the windows of your home or your car. And that's, like, the way it first struck me for, like, the first second. And then the next second was, of course, I know he's talking about the windows. The eyes are the windows of the soul. But I love the way that it struck me. Like, how are you taking care of yourself? Like when no one's and looking, if they just happened, are you? If they just happened to look in your windows, how would your house look? If they just happened to look in your eyes at any time, what would mm-hmm. they find? Yeah. Exactly. And so it like struck me with the with the dual meaning. And I like that it carries that. Yeah. I appreciate that, you know, you were able to catch that. Because, you know, sometimes, like you said, someone probably read it and was like, oh, it's probably talking about a car. It's <laughs> right, like yeah. you double took it and you was like, wait a minute, I see what's going on here. And I have a tendency of like doing that um, with a majority of my writings. Like there's a lot of double and triple meanings to mm-hmm. what I say. Um, and I enjoy it because it's like, it's layered. It's like an onion essentially. Like um, if you're eating or peeling an onion, it's like you peel it and it's finished right away. There's layers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, creating with layers and, you know, complexities is equivalent to longevity mm. because it's like if you only have a single meaning to what you're sharing once that single meaning isn't relevant anymore then your work isn't relevant yeah it's just one so, dimensional yeah exactly you have to keep it three-dimensional like a prism over a triangle yeah nice yeah, that, yeah. that's how i like to look at it yeah because there, there's multiple angles that you can look mm-hmm. at something from and when you give people those layers, it, it gives them something to grab onto and explore and dive and delve into and and get more out of it. I feel like effective art is always doing that. It's multi-layered in its meaning. It's finding ways to reach you and then draw your attention to something even deeper. Exactly. Like you want to create something that resonates. Because yes. if it resonates, that means it'll be shared, whether by word of mouth, whether a story on social media or just a conversation that the person that read it has with someone else yeah it'll make them want to go see what you're posting also right i get the sense that you're you're wanting to turn people on to art not just for your own self you know but for there's a larger purpose it feels like that you're trying to share yeah uh, that larger purpose is, uh, I write about a multitude of topics, really. Um, happiness, sadness, positivity. Uh, I write about God a lot. I write, mm. like, I have, like, three poems that I wrote about God because, you know, God is 
without God, you know, nothing would be here, essentially. And it's like, not everyone believes in God and stuff, and I'm understanding of that, but there is a higher power here that is controlling and, you know, making everything that happens, happen. Right. Like, if you keep that in mind, when the bad days occur, you know, the good days are followed. True and, that. you know, when the good days are happening, there won't always be good days either. It's all about balance, really. So, so I just like to express that duality with my writing, really. That's like mainly why I do it. Yeah, well, I love that you're you're willing to express that duality and that you're willing to speak of God uh, for even even for those who don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we can still have a sense of wonder. A sense yeah, of you got to believe in something for this great, even if it's just the great mystery of this existence and the infinite nature of this universe and the, you know, it's, it's impossible to comprehend things like eternity and even as many stars as they're supposed to be in just this one galaxy. And uh, so you think I, of I, how I love, many people yeah. in the same state as us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I like I like that you seem to be tuned into that that mission of of sparking lights and sparking wonder and and retaining a, a sense of of uh, reverence towards God, towards the mystery, towards life itself. Towards yourself. Yeah, yeah right. As you mentioned, uh, I'm I'm not a believer of finding the light. I believe you're born with the light. The light mm. is always inside of us. Mm. It's just on us to tap into it. We yeah. all have the ability to be good people. It's just a choice that we make to be good or not. That's just it. like, I believe like everything is in us. And, you know, it's our decisions on how we would like to live our lives. But, you know, the way we live our lives affect other lives also. So it'd be much easier if, you know, this, this is my personal preference. That is, it'll be a lot easier if we tapped into the light inside of us rather than you know the other things that's potentially inside of us. Especially during you know times like this where the pandemic is still ongoing and division is still evident more than ever. So much, yeah. I feel like this type of message is what needs to get across. Absolutely, like reading a man. quote like that. Someone yeah. will look in the mirror and be like, what am I showing people? Because essentially yeah. change starts with us. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so I love that. I love that this is what you're selling. I feel like it is what the world needs the most right now. The division has been has been heartbreaking to watch go mm-hmm. down. Like seeing people's families, friendships, uh, yeah. everything breaking down. And, um, you know, you're throwing these beautiful curveballs out there, man. And that's, I feel like that's it. That's the best thing that people can be doing right now is is just touching on that something deeper that relates all of us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that makes us the same, essentially. To, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, we're, we're all so much more the same than, than we can possibly realize. And the differences among us are something I think that can be celebrated. And, yeah. uh, you know, I love what happens when you see that unity and division or unity and diversity. Um, you know, we, we can break ourselves apart and divide, but then we can unify 
uh, on deeper ground, on on something that is more universal. Yeah. And uh, that seems it's to take us back home. It's a lot more than surface. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. So, um, so what brought you to this? What brought you to this interest of writing and expressing in this way? Well, like I said, when I was younger, particularly in like sixth and seventh grade, uh, when like MySpace was around, I would like write and um, I would record over instrumentals. Like I, I was trying to be a rapper, but not like mm-hmm. a rapper rapper, but I did it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think MySpace is around anymore for I remember that to be that, found. Though. Yeah, but if somebody can find that on the internet, I would be proud. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like when I was like writing and stuff, then I was always big on making my words rhyme, which is what I do with my poems now. Oh man, but I did that I, hard too. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like the flow; it just flows differently when all of like when the words rhyme and the couplets are like that. But even for the poems that don't rhyme, when the words are effective enough it can be just as good or even better. Yeah, right. But just my personal niche, I just like making it rhyme because it's like, uh, it's just a thing for me. I like it. It's like a format yeah. that I like to follow. But uh, yeah, I was just writing about anything back when I was a teenager. And then um, back in 2019 or 2018, I wrote a poem about clouds. And that's when I was like, okay, I still have it. But I wasn't making the words rhyme then, but it was like, I was talking about clouds without really using the word clouds. I really, I don't want to say ignored it, but I had other things, other priorities at that time. I didn't fully explore it. Hmm. But when COVID happened and um, like I live alone, me and my dog. So like when COVID happened and um, life happens, I was just writing one day and it all came together and I didn't stop. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, man, that's this is the time to be turning the art up. And you see it happen in in hard times, like the sixties and seventies were really hard Mm -hmm. for the world and for this country and like even the the roaring twenties and the end of the twenties. Hey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beauty that comes out of that. It does though, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, very nice and, you know what? This is here. funny. You talk, you were talking about rhyming because I heard another quote. I, I'd have to look up to see who actually said this, but they said history um, it doesn't just repeat itself; it rhymes. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not exactly repeating itself, but it's similar to what happened before. It's like it's rhyming; it's playing off the thing that came before in a unique way. That's yeah. that's a lot of how I started writing too. It was a lot of write, rhyming. And mm-hmm. just getting the art of wordplay down, you know, writing about anything and and loving language. And uh, it wasn't until later that I started to find ways to write poems that would still grab the reader, maybe, hopefully, uh, without rhyming. But I would be playing mm-hmm. the symbolic uh, structure and or a s- syllable, the structure of the syllables, the way that um, different consonants play off of each other and different vowel sounds. And even the lines themselves uh, would be a certain number of characters. And then the next line, sometimes I'd find myself matching that 40 characters of the line above or whatever it was um, to play with the shape of the poem itself. 
And I, I really like finding those those different frames that you kind of can give yourself that allow yeah. that allow the the poem the to grow within. Yeah, to room for it's it a challenge. Flow. Yeah, and you need like that your challenge. Your decision is different than mine because you have characters matching. I've never even thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened on accident one day. I've even made poems where it was like shapes, so it comes out like a vase. Or a statue or something like that. Yeah. Those are fun too. And they used to do those, I think, like way I'm back. I'm fascinated in the day. by that. I'm fascinated. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun, man. I'll, I'll share with you something after the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one of my old write, writing professors liked one of my pieces that, that I managed to, to fit into a weird vase kind of a shape. I did one with a tree that was cool. So it was like, it goes up like that. So it starts out and it's like, these are the and branches, then smaller and, and then smaller. it gets smaller and smaller, and then it widens out a little bit at the bottom to make the roots. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like that a lot. You piqued my intrigue. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's fun. Yeah, it's it's cool how having borders, boundaries, mm-hmm. is what gives us the room, almost like the permission for the art to be in that space, and then that really helps us. Um, just tease out the words and find a way to make it make something special, you know, to say something in that space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the infinite potential that's always available in every moment continues mm-hmm. to blow me away. Um, everything is art. If you think everything it. is art. Yeah. I did a, I did a podcast on that. Um, life as an art. learning how to live life as an art and um you can find it'll make you appreciate the small things yeah yeah it really does man like you can you can get into the smallest even the nitty-gritty stuff like washing the dishes you know Mm -hmm. cleaning the house can become a form of worship or at least mindfulness um to where we're present in the moment and we let things be as amazing as they naturally are. I think mm-hmm. that it's very easy to have our frames of perception, the way that we're seeing the world, um, those frames that we see through, they can really muddle our sense of reality. And life can be hard. You know, it's no wonder it happens to people. But uh, when that happens, you know, we kind of get fogged out from the beauty, from the light that yeah. seems to be emanating from everything. As long as you have the eyes to see it, and you, you have another like the light. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm sorry. I feel yeah. like the light never goes out. It just dims. yeah, I like that. It just dims. It gets covered over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like there's these lenses that are getting put in in front, and they're kind of opaque, you know. Yeah. And they have our interpretations of reality, and then there's our conditions of re- conditioning, then you know the programming and everything that we're raised with, and then there's like all these TV shows and stuff that we watched and music and people we've experienced. And there's all these things that we're seeing through all these experiences and impressions that we're seeing through. And when you take all that stuff away and you just let reality be what it is without any interpretation, Mm -hmm. um, it's a really wondrous thing. And that's when this, that's when everything shines forth. Do you think reality is what we make it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, our experience of reality, it, that seems to be mostly dependent on one's choice 
of perspective. You see people in, in the most dire straits that can still sing and be happy and try and cheer people up around them. Um, and you see people with seemingly everything that can still be grumps and angry and impatient. So, uh, so yeah, life I do believe is very much what we make it. And it's also, it feels like it's like a dance that we get to take part in. Like there is this mm -hmm. something greater that we're all a part of. Yeah. Um, it's all a bigger picture. Yeah. I feel like there's a bigger picture and, and we're, we get to dance in, in that. Yeah. Yeah. We have complete free will to do as, as we are inspired to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We control our destinies essentially. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a sense. That. Yeah. I mean, of course there's going to be uh there's going to be factors at play just like there's boundaries to the art. There's the borders to the canvas. There's time and there's space and um, there's gravity and, you know, lots of physics and things. But uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, people seem to produce miracles every day. You miracles know? literally come out of thin air. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what makes life so worth it. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we get to take the shadows of life and point to the light that mm -hmm. that is projecting them that we can take uh hard and heavy circumstances and find something beauty in them beautiful in them um i was talking with a friend the other night about how much i i love sad music and she was expressing how she loved sad music too and mm -hmm. how beautiful it is and i was thinking about that it's like it's his honesty it's the fact that it's it's like it's speaking for us in a way that nothing else can. Like music and art is really good at that. You can feel it. There's something honest and real and genuine happening. Yeah. Are you um? Because I'm I'm just like you. I do like my sad music, but I feel like particularly stringed instruments and mm. like the piano like emphasizes wow. the sadness. Like if you if you think about a sad song, it's so clear. Nine times yeah. out of ten, one of those two are included in it. That's a good point. It's like man. you tell the story. That's a really good point. I'm oh man, the artist's name. Okay, so there's a pianist I used to listen to. He wasn't even well known. I remember sending him an email one day and thanking him for his music because it was so like melancholy, but it helped me through a hard time. Um, if I remember his name, I'm going to put it in the show notes for people to discover. And he was kind of surprised and taken aback because he, you know, had maybe only, I don't know, a few hundred people, a thousand people listening to his music. It wasn't a ton of people. Um, and so he's a little, I guess he's a little taken aback and uh, very appreciative. And and I, and I was thinking that's probably because of what he was going through and he wrote that stuff too. Mm. Um but I do think that that is a gift. And of course, I love all kinds of music. Um, but yeah, there there is something to that. We can take sadness and we can say something that is very true, that it somehow helps heal that sadness. Mm -hmm. And that and in that way, art is such a gift to humanity. And it's like an honor. It's a service to be able to share it. Yeah. You never know what you're sharing, how it'll help someone else. Right. That's why I'm, I don't really have any 
issues with sharing my stuff because most importantly like yeah I do it for me yeah you know I have fun with it and everything but I like to do it for people you know people who can't express themselves with words or Mm -hmm. they want to express themselves but don't know how to put together the words to do it yeah or if they're like having a bad day and just need something positive to read like I, I like to do that that's that's my main goal yeah yeah because of course we're like we're doing it for ourselves in that we want to honestly express what's in our hearts and i think that intention to help is a very very pure place to come from and that just to share something that uplifts inspires or meets people where they're at and helps them in some way is really cool um you can tell when someone writes from the heart right you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's I hear a big music difference. too. Big time. Yep. Music, poetry. It's like you can feel the words, mm-hmm. the sincerity of the words. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's serving its purpose. Like if the song is meant to make you happy, you're going to be happy. Like how Pharrell made happy. Yeah. Dude, I just truth. thought about that. That's cool you said that. Yep. That's what yeah. makes me very happy, but like it's serving its purpose. Mm hmm. But uh, for another example, and you know, that's another duality I like too. I like it when like um, song lyrics may not match the sound. Oh, right. Like I've, I've realized a lot these days that a lot of artists are like, they use like happy sounding instrumentals and um, happy production. But if you listen to the words, it's like, wow, wait, what is he it's actually heavy. saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a different type of perception. Yeah. Like they switched it up in that sense, and that's a good thing too. It just keeps things fresh, and um, it keeps the listening peel. Yeah, essentially, that's a good way to deliver heavy stuff too. Is to put it in that kind of, you know, and into that kind of placement and something that sounds uplifting to the ear. Mm-hmm. It's like it balances it. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool when people do that. I like that play. That is a, that duality is happening right there for sure. Because mm-hmm. some yeah. people may not want to like they'll put on like the song and like hear that first chord or you know that first string instrument and like oh gosh I'm not in the mood for that. Yeah. But, like right. if it's a happy choir singing, but the words don't match, it's like person is playing it is like oh my gosh this is really good this is really happy, and yeah. then they listen and they're like hey wait a minute. I wasn't expecting to feel this, but I still feel happy. It's like a bunch of emotions at once. Yeah. Yeah, it's rich. It's really rich that way. And it makes it um it makes it so that it's uh digestible or deliverable to people mm-hmm. in whatever state they're in. So you put something presentation. Yeah, that presentation. You put something that's meaningful, even if you're talking about something a little bit heavy and you put that with that backdrop that is inspiring and uplifting. It's uh it's another cool way to get through an idea. And I like, you see musicians do that a lot. You see mm-hmm. uh, poets and painters, artists of all kind are doing that. Um, have you ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? I heard of it, but I've never watched oh, it's it. A classic, I know it's extremely man. way back though. <laughs> yeah, so it's from the 90s, I think. And it's uh, it's based off a Stephen Keen story, but it's one of his dramas. It's not one of his horror stories. And it's really good. Um, it's a story about hope, but it is in the murkiest and the darkest of scenarios. And uh, it's it's one of those great examples 
of mm-hmm. of how you can you can deliver presentation. something. Yeah, all about the presentation, man. Yeah, it's it's very washed of color, actually, the way that they filmed it too, mm-hmm. and the music is very melancholy, um, but it's super uplifting. Yeah, it's super empowering. It's a great story. It's the forest beyond the trees theory, yeah. I would like to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes you have to look deeper than what's presented. Yeah. So a lot more complex than you may think. They are. Danger always like that. And the forest through the trees. Yeah, we get stuck on the trees and we forget about the forest. I feel like the forest can be that great wonder of life itself. The fact that we're all here and mm-hmm. we're these walking, talking beings that are self-reflective and we're literally extensions of earth, which formed out of stardust, you know, atoms that were created in the furnaces of stars that exploded and spread across the universe and then coalesced into planets. And those planets grew into things like ourselves plants mm-hmm. and animals and then the most reflect like the, the ones that actually became self-aware uh like ourselves start writing about it and wondering about it and uh like how did right, this happen yeah. how did it even happen yeah yeah i like i like dropping the certainty um and just being in that state of wonder mm-hmm. and i feel like that's uh and it's a place that can appeal to the scientist and the religious person. You know, yeah. you want to be in that place of wonder and not closed off to new information as a scientist. And you want to be in that place of wonder when you are seeking to commune, understand the universe and live in service to uh, perhaps the will of God itself. Yeah. Exactly. I like how you said the service. I personally, like, you know, I do everything that I do clearly because my own perceptions and like reality and stuff. But mm-hmm. I like to say that, you know, when I do do the things I do, it's God's work because it's not me. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, I do it for me, but ultimately that's not the end goal. Man, that's such like, a powerful orientation. It's it's a conversation I've been having with with a, a mentor, a really good friend of mine, Gary Bergel, who was one of my professors in college, and he's on a previous episode of this podcast, and I'm going to mm-hmm. hopefully be bringing him on again soon. Like, he's such a fascinating guy. But, uh, you know, he's we've had conversations about that, living life as a service and surrendering our lives over to the will of something greater to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how we speak of it specifically. And man, that is the deepest notion. That is such a big thing to come on to, to even begin considering how one can honestly do that. Yeah, that changes the game. That changes the game entirely. You know, Mm -hmm. it takes courage. It it, it takes courage, like you said. there has to be almost no ego involved there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just have to believe in a higher purpose that, like, no matter what's going on around you or what's happening to you, it's a bigger picture. It's like, Amen. I used to always say, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? But 
shifting perspectives is like, why is this mm. happening for me? Right. Why did this? And it's like, this had to happen for this to happen. And you have, we had these experiences. Yeah. We go yeah. through something hellish and then we were like thankful for it afterwards. Like, actually, that was good for me. I needed that. I needed like you learned of something. Yeah. Or I, it helped me land here. Now it tipped me away from that path and it put me over here. And I didn't like the hardship at the time, but now I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Life is very um, intriguing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like we'll never really discover the full meaning behind it. But just living to our purpose while we're here makes it worthwhile. Yeah. It makes the struggle less. It does. And it seems easier to navigate, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. It's not as confusing anymore. It's, it's like, where do I go? You don't do take I do? things as serious either. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, you know, everything is a calling. bigger scheme. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I want to keep coming back to, I notice myself doing this. Like I'm, I'm always trying to find a way to speak to the atheists and agnostics, mm -hmm. particularly to the atheists because they're certain in, in their perspective. And I want to help people loosen that certainty so that, you know, because it'll help them be better That scientists. might be your purpose, who knows? You know, right? You know, but I'm, I'm very spiritually inclined. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the wonder never ceases to amaze me. Uh, and I know that that wonder is available for all of us. And that higher missions, higher callings that supersede our personal interests are also super fulfilling for our species. And it's like it's built into our DNA uh, to learn how to be more cooperative, to learn how to be able to commune and empathize and sympathize with other people, to be able to be co-creative together and see how magnified, exponentially powerful we are when we put our minds and hearts together. Um, mm -hmm. All of those things are accessible to every human, I feel like. And and so it's uh, it's something that I love pointing back to because I want my atheist friends to know too, like, just because we're talking about God and service here doesn't mean mm -hmm. that this is inaccessible to you either. Like there, you can look um, from the perspective of the human being as this uh, self-reflective, intelligent outgrowth of Earth as Earthlings. Mm -hmm. Like what is best serving Earthlings and long-term survival of our species? And how can we be better stewards of this planet that we have somehow been gifted with? Yeah. I think that, that, you know, it helps us orient right back and we could all be working on the same goal together, regardless of our belief systems. If we just got back to that, that love. Yeah, you know? it's the love at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's even because you mentioned the atheists and the agnostics. I know a few atheists and agnostic people. And it's like, yeah. I'm able to be friends with them because it's like, same. that's your yeah. view. I'm yeah, not going to you know, blame you for your yeah. view. Yeah. yeah, your view has nothing to do with me, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, it is bigger than us. No yeah. matter what you believe in, there is something bigger than us. Like Heck yeah, that's for sure. You know, if you don't believe in God, um, okay, I wrote a poem about this. Pain, pain connects us because oh. no matter what you believe in, you'll feel pain. Not just mm. physical pain, emotional pain. Um, I said something on the lines like, um, "It's a different teacher speaking different. It's a, it's the same teacher speaking different languages. Ooh, pain yeah, comes like to you in different, you know." avenues it can come in physical sense it can come in a mental sense an emotional sense from someone you don't even know or someone mm -hmm. who's the closest to you 
but we all have some type of story where we felt pain before mm. and that's like something that we can relate from from the very beginning yeah that's just one of many though yeah and we can help other people with how they have to yeah. deal and cope with their own pain yeah boom love it man yeah it seems to always come back to that to love you know yeah it's the yeah. common denominator yeah it is yeah and that's that's cool that you highlighted pain because like the buddhists highlight that too like life is suffering is the translation of the idea of dukkha but mm. it, it really means something like a wheel off kilter like it's like things are not quite right um we, we feel imbalanced and it's it's uh even in their kind of different theosophical or philosophical way of looking at it they they bring back that life of purpose and meaning and getting the ego out of the way to be able to care for one's own heart and other hearts in this world yeah yeah, yeah. empathy gets you far mm-hmm. now even though i'm a firm believer in empathy i was guilty of this as well you can't lose yourself in your empathy. Hmm. Like you have to care for your own heart. Oh, there you go. Just yeah. as much as you care for others. Because more often than not, you know, sometimes people will lose their way, you know, caring or loving for someone more. And it's like it hmm. becomes a detriment because you're neglecting yourself. Neglect ourselves, yep. So you have to find that balance in a sense. And that's something that, I just recently learned hmm. and I would always, you know, um, put people first and consider everyone's children before my own, but it's like, I can still be a good person and be a nice person and put myself first. Like there's yeah. nothing wrong with that at yeah. all. I guess yeah, the perceived notion of being selfish is bad. Yeah. It's yeah. a perceived notion of being selfish is bad, but it's like, am I being selfish really? Yeah, it's different than being selfish. It's being self-aware and recognizing mm-hmm. that this reminds me of that old adage, and I come to this a lot on the podcast. If you want to change the world, you must first change yourself or be the change you wish to see. Mm-hmm. It comes be- it comes down to that. And, it, and so when we are taking care of ourselves first, then we're enabling ourselves to be able to truly care for other people long-term and more effectively. You know, if we're still damaged inside, you know, our our lessons that we're trying to share with others might come through a little bit muddled. You know, the clearer that we are with ourselves, the clearer that we can be for others too, it seems. Yeah. And you know, yeah. And it's beautiful that people want to put others before themselves and you see that, um, but it can only go so far. It's like the mother, with the children and she's working herself ragged. Uh, maybe she's working two jobs and she's on her own and she's trying to take care of the kids and she's not finding a way to eat well or sleep enough. Um, it's going to make things harder for her and the kids. And she's going to have to tell the kids like sometimes, Hey guys, like mama needs some rest today. You know, why don't you guys help me over here? Help me over here. And, um, just that that honesty is necessary you know we got to make sure that that our love goes in all directions and that we're not neglecting like you said our our own selves yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because it comes back free yeah it does yeah 
And it's sad too, because sometimes if like as people, we don't catch on to it soon enough, those with the biggest hearts down the line become the most bitter because mm. they be, they've mm. given so much like to everyone and like neglected themselves for so long that sometimes they realize it too late. Oh yeah. And right. there's nothing else to give. To yourself so that's where bitterness comes from and that oh, i could see that happening like people will get dependent on you they won't learn to be a self-reliant um that can cause all kinds of of pain and regret and resentment within the person that's been overly giving and uh man that's a great insight yeah yeah and it's, it's not like you know i mean it depends on the person because you know users will be users but there's people who are genuinely not users and are good, but yeah, oh, will yeah, right. ride that coattail because that's what they know. That's just that's what they, they have know. to set those boundaries, like you said. Yep. Boundaries are important. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. We keep coming full circle too. We're talking the boundaries here again. Yeah, the boundaries don't have to close us in. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be the pages within that that are the room within which we write. It makes me think of Nelson Mandela writing from a jail cell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like wherever you are, um, the boundaries can become a strength. And sometimes the boundaries are positive. Yeah. 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 The message that you boundaries aren't necessarily a negative thing. No, no. Well, how could you see a picture painted if there wasn't an end somewhere to it? You know, that picture would just be painted forever. It would never stop. (laughs) I like that perspective. Yeah. Like imagine just bleeding paint all over the wall because there's no right. borders. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's only so big you can go. And you can go big on this planet. You know, we can go really big with our art. But uh, you, you can't, you, you got to find a way to contain it somewhere so that it is deliverable. Yeah. And plus, if it's contained more, it'd be appreciated more. True. Yeah. Yeah. It helps us see it. It helps us be able to understand it. And it is like a, every piece of art is like a snapshot of this time and space from this new angle, you know? Yeah, how I was feeling when I wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, speaking of, do you have anything that you would like to share with us? Um. Yeah, actually, um, I wrote this poem. You don't mind if I go on my phone, right? No, please do. Yeah, man. Okay. That'd be awesome. Uh, I wrote this poem probably, um, well, I can see the date in my notepad, but I wrote it uh, not too long ago. I wrote it on September 10th. And um, since we were talking about God a lot, I went to, I told you I wrote three poems about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of my favorites. So awesome. I'll just share that one. And um, I put like a snippet of it on my Instagram page. So it'll okay. make sense now when you hear it in its full magnitude. Awesome. awesome. Well, go check that out, people, after you hear this poem. I already know with you, I'll never feel alone. That's why I'm not bothered by all this time on my own. Things not in my control, I release. Because it's myself I should seek if it's me I want to complete. Always there to clean up the issues that linger. You'll never allow me to slip through your fingers. A protection like yours is one that cannot be bought. The first one there whenever I feel I fall short. 
Before there was any walking, you was there when I would call. I never have to worry about you picking up when I call. It's all because of you I'm here still. It's not physical, but it's something I feel. Keep me linear when I almost entangle. What you've never given me is something I cannot handle. The reason behind all of my talents, everything that occurred up to this point needed to happen. And through it all, you was always there by my side. And who knows the story behind my eyes. The credit for everything first is you, everyone knows. When people look in my windows, it's you who show. You believed in me before anybody knew. That's why I say it's your work in everything that I do. No matter how it looks, the reason I remain calm, because at the end of it all, I know I'm always in your palm. Show me you'll have my back no matter how old. I'll talk to you most when my two fold. Always show me this better when I don't follow my own plans. I don't know where I'm always going, but I know I'm always in your hand. And it's called hands. Man, that's powerful. That's good. Oh, that um, that hits really hard when you read it too. You know, I have presentation uh, for it too, which is on the Instagram. But this, yeah, man, I know this one too. I love that line. Yeah. I talk to you Thank most you. with my twofold. Man, that's good. And the paint goes in the dark too. When I saw it, I was like, oh no, I, like, I got to get creative. That's the part <laughs> that we were talking about, the yeah. presentation. Yeah, man. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should see if there's a local art gallery that will let you put that up, man. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you should do it, man. That's what my buddy Gary would tell you, because he's uh, he's encouraged me to get some of my stuff up here locally where I live. And, you should. Uh, you know, whether you frame the pictures you take and put the poems under it, or like just do something like this, your words are very powerful. Also, I appreciate. Do, do that, you want to share something? Can you share something too, so I don't feel so lonely? <laughs> yeah, man. All right, I'm gonna look on my phone now, real fast. I'll just find something recent here that I posted up. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. Thanks for asking. I really like that. That's a powerful piece, man, and it's um, it just strikes me as so so uh, so authentic. It's honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not trying to impress anybody here. You're really like, you're like, it's like you wrote a letter to God in that poem. Yeah. That's it, man. And that's like, I love the power of that. And mission what it transmits. Yeah, man. Yeah. Because what that transmits to other people, just hearing that now, like, that's one of the number one messages that I just, I would want to be out in the world. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you shared that, man, and that you're doing the it's work. It's in the doing. world now, right? It's it's out there now, man. Through yeah. you, we're gonna try Through and get you. some more people to find out about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, it's it's heartening, it's consoling, and it's inspiring. I know people mm-hmm. are hungry for that right now. Okay, so it's what the a, world needs. It is. That's what I feel. Right? Yeah. And I like the idea of kids growing into a world where people are doing this kind of thing more, you know, that's the way out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the things that are shown and stuff like that, like mainstream, like, you know, it's not a complete negative message, but I feel like enough messages like this aren't spread. Definitely not. Yeah. And that's why I'm very meticulous with how I like write and stuff because, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not trying to be anybody's role model, 
at all. I'll be honest because, you know, I'm a person too. But like, I would definitely, like a teenager can read that. They may not comprehend it 100%, but, you know, they would see that, for example, or their parent will see them reading something like that and it wouldn't be an issue to them. Yeah, because it's not detrimental, and it's you know it's it's promoting good stuff. That's just I make stuff for everybody. I yeah. put it that way. Yeah, I think that's what the true artist does. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely what the true artist does. I was uh, I posted the other day on my personal Instagram a Marvin Gaye quote where he said mm-hmm. that that the true artist is the one that is expressing. Here, let me find that quote real fast because I have it handy here. An artist, if he is truly an artist, is only interested in one thing, and that is to wake up the minds of men, to have mankind and womankind realize that there is something greater than what we see on the surface. Exactly. Marvin. I love Love him, man. Yeah, speaking of a powerful musician that was able to, like, take sad lyrics and put them to upbeat music, man. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, man. If you look up, um, there's a really cool live video of him playing that song at concert. And he played it back to back with what's going on and what's happening, brother. If you look up, look that up on YouTube, man. It's one of the most beautiful versions of it. Yeah, him playing it live. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, just Marvin Gaye, what's going on, what's happening, brother, live. He plays them both back to back and... uh, Man, he was, that was a powerful vessel, man. You could feel God yeah. working through him, man. Yeah. God's work, right? That's it, man. Okay, so here's one that I'll read for you guys. So this one's for God, too. We bow before the unknowable. What other pose can one honestly make? All open, fierce, and godly, soft and love. Shining strength beyond. Souls journey in every way, willingly, to be leveled by its gaze. And once taken aback, we can only search for words to describe what something beautiful already means. Yet see and act in times between as though we know it not. It shines before us anyway, out of the ten thousand trillion things in life and existence, even living as this sentence, yet unending and ever mysterious, and too real to ever truly be concealed. Still, we hang our lives on images and bypass the real, as though it's too bright to feel, as though we aren't it already. Rather than be forgotten, it grants inspiration to be carried on and deeper than ever before. Such is the mercy of love's gaze. So when we find ourselves alight and truly seen in another's eyes and recognize that something so familiar, it's no coincidence. It's unconcealable. We've known for centuries, ages and eons, over galaxies, and still it stretches on. And the blossomings and quakes waves and high plateaus of love, and the chances we take to find it. We find ourselves exquisitely at home, again, cradled in the heart of the knowing that was before. 
shed the skin, the old attachments of all our weighty expectations. Bask in this grace, come what may, the love the world seeks is already won. That was powerful. Thank you, man. I felt it. Yeah, good. You want to know something? You would yeah. be a great narrator. You would be a great narrator. Oh, you thanks. You thought about doing an audio book? I've had people mention this to me before, and I've thought about it. Um, yeah, I've always felt like I had some like speech impediment issues. I know people like my voice and that I can enunciate well. Um, I'm probably too self-critical. But, uh, yeah, I would probably I'm the same that. way, but you're definitely I – can, I can see it already. I can listen uh, to a whole audio book that you um, <laughs> publish on a drive or uh, even buy so. a physical copy, but definitely yeah. like audio, like you can do that. I can see you narrating an entire series. Dude, that'd be cool. I started wrote, writing um, a poem recently that's like a kind of an experiment where it's like a story and mm. a poem and it kind of switches back and forth between a poetic, more poetic elements and then the story elements. And um I might I might play around with doing more of that. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it different. You know? Yeah. Always. Always. That's the art. Art is forever. Forever, man. Yeah. In every direction that it wants to branch out and explore. Like I love that. Um we don't have to put put uh well, I guess, you know, we're talking boundaries. We don't have to put boundaries on what kind of art we can create. You know, we can always be open. And, uh, you know, I love that with my band that none of us are closed to any one style of, of music. We love all music that has heart. So we're willing to bring anything to the table. And that's mm -hmm. um, I think that's helped us a lot in our writing process and staying creative and exciting. Yeah. How long do you have, like, multiple albums or, like, how's the music? Yeah, yeah. So my band... Um, American Dharma has mm -hmm. one album out now called Cosmosis and um, that's like 14 tracks and uh, we recorded it ourselves um, and we're now recording our new album. Uh, we've much improved our, our recording quality as well as uh, hardware instruments. There's been a lot of upgrades that the guys have gone through and a lot that we learned from recording the first album. So this next one, now that we've really gotten to know each other and we know that we're free together, um, mm -hmm. I'm so excited. The new stuff is, is really, uh, it's very powerful to me. And I hope mm -hmm. that it is as powerful for other people. Yeah. Any release window in mind? Uh, Give the listeners a Yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're trying to bring it out. And I think it's going to be 2022 now. Yeah, it's going to be early mm -hmm. 2022. We're probably going to start releasing it one song at a time and we're going to release them as singles. And then once every song is out, then we'll release, then the full album will be released as well. But we'll release it first as singles. I think it's going to be the way we're going to do it. So it should, should be coming soon. Yeah. I'm first. looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Early awesome. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. I am like you mentioned, I didn't really get to mention, but I got it. I touched on music a little bit, but I, I listened to all types of, um, Music too. I love all types of music. Um, I've been a music child since I was a child. In fifth grade, no, not even fifth grade. And third grade it started. Third and fourth grade I played the recorder. And then in fifth grade I played the trombone. 
And for my 23rd birthday, I bought myself a saxophone. So clearly, I like music. Nice. (laughs) Nice, man. Yeah. Do you still play the sax? I'm not as good as I want to be, but that's because I haven't put as much time into it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm getting down that road. Like I um I write poetry and stuff, but I make beats too. I have a whole other Instagram oh. with just beats I upgrade. I mean upload. Yeah, yeah I'm, cool. I'm a little hush hush about it. Ah, like it's all right. It's cool, there. man. Hey, I like that. I like that you're telling us this, man. You know, because yeah. I'm, I'm wearing multiple artistic hats here myself. You know, and uh, you know, doing the band and the podcast and uh, and the poetry, and that's really cool that you make beats, man. So. Okay, that's going to be cool because I have a few friends. Uh, one in particular I'm thinking of right now, my boy, my boy Vegas White. I don't know if he's uh, still going by that MC name or not, but man, is he just a wordsmith. And uh, he's always looking for new beats, so maybe I'll be able to connect you guys. You see, I wanted to be <laughs> secretive about it, but now that you have someone that could potentially like my beats, I'll just share my beat Instagram too. It's um, yeah, it's a it. bit of a play on okay. my phone name, which is Heartbreak Gym, but it's mm-hmm. abbreviated, so it's HBJ, and then there's a, a period double O seven, like Goldeneye double O seven. Yeah, HBJ and, period double O seven. Reason being. Is um you know how 007 is golden eye right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I like to perceive myself as having a golden ear. Ah. Because I was nice. always big on like production and music. Like when I listen to music, yeah, I listen to the lyrics, but I listen to the production too. So okay. like when it's the subtle beat switches and everything, or like certain chord progressions, you're paying attention. Those to that. things, yes, it makes me happy. Ah, but cool. you can see the influence on my own um, production style as well. And that's another thing, too. I'm very versatile with my production. So it's like, if anyone is curious enough to go on my Instagram, you'll probably find a beat that you'll hear a rapper over. Or you can hear a beat that can be a score in a movie. Hmm. Or... um selection menu at your video game like i just ah, i'm very nice. versatile that's cool that you're doing with that. my production yeah because yeah, you have to you, you gotta got be a jack yeah. of all trades right well you gotta explore all those avenues too to see what you're good at and also just to get good at different stuff because it makes you better in all ways at whatever you want to deliver and um yeah man and you're giving people options too and as long as there's yeah. an interest in creating something, even if it's a menu selection screen for a video game, man, that's cool. Because, you know, there's, um, what was that game? Oh, man, there's like a, it had a, let me see if I can remember the name of this. I don't want to say Diddy Kong Racing, but it wasn't that. This is an old Nintendo 64 Donkey racing Donkey Kong, game. maybe? It's like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong and Mario Kart, a, bunch of, a bunch of other, it's like Mario Kart. It's made by Rare. And it was uh, Banjo-Kazooie and all those guys. Maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. Diddy and Donkey Kong. Sounds like an all-star game for sure. Dude, man. it was an all-star game and it was so cool. And then <laughs> the character selection screen for when you chose your driver was the best background music ever, dude. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. I'm happy we're having this conversation. <laughs> because there's people who like just play video games and just play the games. But it's like sometimes those soundtracks on those video games dude, are really, really so, like 
good. Some of the coolest soundtracks, man. And I'm like, why did this guy spend so much time on this song, on this game that he didn't even know was going to be big? But I love it. I love that he did, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Some of my favorite video game music is from the old NES, SNES, Sega Genesis period, man. Mm-hmm. And they had like, they were limited, you know, they got those boundaries once again, you know, so they're like very limited in what they can do. They can only have like six simultaneous sounds for their musical tracks because there's got to be sounds for the characters too. And um, yeah, there's only a certain amount of things they can do. It's tricky to program. They worked it, with what they had you know? though. Yeah. And they, they, man, they made some really cool tracks. Like anyone listening to this that grew up on NES and played Mega Man 2 knows what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. There's some good music. I have there, a, um, right? It has yeah. like that 8 bit sound to it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely 8 bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have one like that one 8 bit sound um, instrument. Oh, cool. I haven't uploaded it yet, though. So I'll play yeah. it for you after the podcast if you're interested. Though. Yeah, man. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'll upload it someday. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, you know. This is this is what we do as artists, you know. We we uh, get our brushes into many wells. We play mm-hmm. around and we find ways to uh, to just continue. Just to the world is our canvas. That it is, right? That's a good message to give to people too. Is that that's and I see you demonstrating that, man. You know, I want to thank you I'm for sorry. the work that you're doing. Yeah. Well, I want to thank, don't just thank me, thank yourself. I want to yeah, thank you for this yeah, podcast that you're doing, giving yeah. platforms to artists as yourself, but also to artists as me. And like I said, your beautiful words, words you're healing the world, you know, one reader at a time. If they That's stop the and read what you have to say. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, dude. Yo, it's been so good talking to you, Jim. Let me see. Um, Yep, we went about an hour 20 here or so, or just about an hour, I think. I think we started around uh, 3.20, right? Yeah, so um, was there anything else you want to talk about before we close off? Um, no, I think we covered a lot. It doesn't even seem yeah. like it's been an hour. It seems no, like it's man, like that minutes, flew by, maybe. man. Yeah, that flew by. You know, Sometimes so, when you're having fun, though. It does. It does. And I hope to be doing a lot more of these conversational style podcasts. And um, since we've had such a good time, man, I'd like to invite you on for a future podcast and we'll do it again sometime. Oh, for sure. We'll catch up I'll with you and see what you've been up more, to. Yeah, I'll have much more things to share. There's, I'm working on a lot. I'll just put it that way. I've planted a lot of seeds. So yeah. the next time, you know, I, the next time I'm a, a guest again, I will definitely share the fruition of those seeds awesome, those trees man. sprout in time <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to what grows and what you create and what you're sharing with the world man and i encourage you to keep it up you're doing the good work um it's inspiring to me every time i see somebody that taps into that well of of infinite love man that's there for us all and you're doing it and um you're doing it in a way that is accessible for people mm-hmm. and uh and that's you know that's the best we can hope for you know so keep up yeah. the good work man it's been awesome talking to you and yeah, yeah I want to encourage thanks you. for having me again yeah thank you yeah thank you so everybody check out heartbreak gym journeys in mind you can find them on instagram and that's at heartbreak.gym on instagram right underscore gym if i'm not mistaken okay <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, you'll uh, it'll be in the details. It'll be in the description, and it's it will underscore. be on my. Okay, it is it's underscore. underscore. Cool. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I did that for one of mine on Twitter too. I had to, you know, I had to do the mm. underscore there instead of the period. But um, yeah, just just search search out your fellow artist friends and make sure that you're supporting and liking and sharing their stuff if it if it touches you in any way, uh, because every artist out there that we appreciate, from the greatest to the you know the rare and not as well known all got to where they are and were able to help people because of our friends and our family and our supporters. So thank you all so much uh, who continue to inspire us to do what we're doing. And I encourage you guys to go out there, check out Heartbreak Jim and share and support him as well. It goes a long way. And thank you in advance to everyone. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> thank you all. We appreciate you guys. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Actually Podcast. Talk to you soon. Well, that was like, even if we had a revolution tomorrow morning and we put all the people that we think would be the best people to put in charge of this mm -hmm. new government, it would still become corrupt all over again because we ourselves haven't changed within we have not yeah. ourselves faced our own inner corruptions and our own egos our own egos yep and so until we do that there's not going to be any lasting change and i was like wow well that's a big pill to, pill to swallow but it's true it's the truth it's the truth the truth hurts yeah the truth hurts but then it's empowering and uplifting and then it makes sense because i was like oh, of course how else could it be any other way people are being awesome by and large I'm still seeing people be really sweet and loving and kind to one another and they're like making a point it seems like to be like hey man I still care I don't even know you but I still care um, yeah. I see that a lot with strangers you know opening doors for each other and being kind out in public and there's like there's this thing that I can tell people are consciously doing to counteract the negativity yeah it's like people are being more natural yep Cause it's like it's harder to be negative than me, really. Cause like you got to put thought into it. Like, oh, I don't want to stand next to that person, so let me just walk this <laughs> way. It's true. Or right. like, I don't want to talk with this person, so let me avoid eye contact. Like, just live. <laughs> just live and just be, yeah, and just be love. You know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. big on reciprocating the energy that's um, shown to me. Yeah. Like. I won't reciprocate negativity. You won't get negativity from me. You just won't get anything from me. That's good that <laughs> you're that able point. to do that, man. Yeah. But it's hard to do. Yeah. It's very hard to do. Very hard. Yeah. How did you get to this? So this is, we're outside of the podcast now. Mm -hmm. But um, how did you, if anything's good here, maybe I'll do a couple outtakes at the end anyway. Yeah, no, but, no, um, of course. Yeah. But uh, so, so what inspired you to get to that? Was it your mother or your father or family member or someone that helped you like get close to spirit the way that you are? I've always been uh, um, like, I've always had a relationship with God, I'll say, because of my parents. Um, I wasn't an avid churchgoer. Uh, I, I went a couple of times when I was in my younger years. But um, my dad was never big on church. But 
he loves the Bible. He takes the Bible with him everywhere he goes. He's had the same Bible from, I, I guess, even before I was born. Like, for as long as I've been alive, he has that same Bible, no matter how much is taped together. He loves his Bible. And he always promotes me to, like, read the Bible. And I always tell him, like, you know, on my own time, I'll read it. Or, like, when I feel compelled to do it, I'll read it. But both of my parents were very spiritual. Yeah. So it was hard for me to even try to deviate to another path because it was all that was around me, really. And like as I got older, I just realized that you know it is a lot of things bigger than me. Yeah. Like I'm not big on it religion, clicks. like organized religion and stuff. I'm not Either. big yeah. on that. Yeah. But I I'm big on God. I know God is real. It's like we're having to reinvent the whole ball game now, aren't we? Yeah. Because you're shown, like you said, you're shown so much throughout life, um, and the views are okay, but you have to get to a point where those views and your views are two different things, yeah. and you need to see it, what exactly is your views mm-hmm. and how you're going to live. And it's like you may take some of those opaque visions from the other side, ultimately, you should be living based on. Especially like our age bracket, like we're old enough to think for ourselves. Yep. So it's not like we're spoon fed by media or educational facilities on how we should live and what we should be doing. We live in an age of information with the internet. We can really do our own research, yeah. you know, base our own lives on our own decisions based on what we find. Yep. We're our own teachers. Like it's good to have mentors and, you yep. know, good to have um, guidance and, you know, professors and teachers and stuff but ultimately nobody will teach you more than you teach yourself yeah you gotta form your own relationship with god i feel like and that also reminds me um what you just said reminds me so much of there's this old saying by buddha where i'm I'm gonna paraphrase it because i can't remember exactly the quote but he says believe nothing that your elders tell you believe nothing that your parents tell you believe nothing just because it's popular and everyone believes it believe don't believe anything even if all the great teachers and elders say it is true only believe something once you have found after your own research that it is good for one and all then accept it and live up to it and i really love that he says that and that caught me at a young age um, when I first saw that, I was like in my teens, and I was like, "That's so cool! I love that that freedom and the and the honesty of it because it's it's not trying to force a perspective on you, you know. It's, it's trying it's, it's you telling you find out what is to look at everything that you can, consider everything, and then find out what is true for one and all." And then accept and live up to it. But don't believe anything that anyone says just because. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. It's like anti-authoritarian, but it's it's putting love on top. And that helps yeah. us continually to upgrade our, our systems of authority and our own sense of morality and, and compass. We're individuals. We yep. should be thinking individually. Yep. Yep. And what's cool about that is, and, and when you add love to that... Um, because the root of the word individual is indivisible it is it's like we're all interconnected with everything and everyone around us yet we do have these individual perspectives 
and mm-hmm. and that's such a cool paradox i mean that's trippy that we have that yeah. that we're one yet we have all these unique individual aspects of perception so that we can gain this holistic view together of reality we can't all do it by ourselves but together we take okay. all of our angles of perception and we can right and 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 love opens us up to that because it's unconditional if, if we go to Jesus's level God's level of love we get to this unconditional place that has no conditions no preferences so anything is everything is accepted everything mm-hmm. is accepted everything is loved everything can be seen for what it is and we're not closing ourselves off to anyone else's perspectives we're considering all of them and uh, that's that's just so helpful for navigating I feel like and finding what is true what is good for one and all yeah yeah, yeah. makes the world a better place 